welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Each week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. For those of you joining us live on Facebook, welcome and thanks for being with us. And for you listening on the podcast, we're glad you're tuning in on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. When we first started this project back in 2017, one of the things we wanted to do was encourage our listeners with inspirational business stories from right here in the Mountain State. I get to see so many positive things happening in West Virginia business every day that a lot of people never hear about. And so my team at Interaction Media is working to change that with this show so that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great business opportunities. They're right here in our state. We want to encourage people to stay here and build great companies right here in West Virginia. All of our guests are people who are actually getting that done day in and day out. And I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences and most importantly, their stories. This week, we're going to visit with Mark Oliverio. Mark is the owner of Oliverio Italian Style Peppers Incorporated in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Mark, thanks for being on the show today. Sure, Jim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you on the podcast to share your story this week. Uh, not only myself, my wife, or uh, my whole family is a, uh, is a, uh, is a fan of Oliverio Italian step, uh, Style Peppers. We always have a couple of jars in the, in the pantry at all times, so I'm thrilled to get to know you a little bit and learn more about your story. For those of you who don't know Mark, Mark Oliverio is owner of Oliverio Italian Style Peppers, founded in 1972 by Mark's father, Frank Oliverio, who started the company in Mark's grandmother's basement, which is where they produced for the first four years or so. Then they purchased a building in Clarksburg and started producing higher volumes back in 1976. Mark has been in or around the company his entire life. He worked summers there in the company until he graduated from WVU in 1986. Then he started full-time in January of 1987. Mark purchased the business from his father in 2005 and built a new facility with all new equipment back in 2011-2012, and the business continues to grow through the Oliverio brand as well as private label all throughout the Northeast and Midwest. I invited Mark on the show today to talk about Oliverio Italian style peppers to share their story and to give our audience some valuable insight into the business he leads right here in West Virginia. Mark, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that very brief introduction that I gave and give us a little behind the curtain look into your company. Well, well, basically, Jim, my, my father uh, lived in West Virginia really his whole life until he graduated from Fairmont State and uh, his first job he took with uh, the FDA, and uh, that's sort of how he learned the food business. And uh, he wanted to get into it a little bit deeper, so he actually took a job with uh, with Heinz and worked as head of quality control. Hmm. Uh, and uh, once he felt as though he had enough experience, he just he he wanted to start this uh, recipe of my grandmother's that she had she had brought from Italy 
and it was a popular item here because there was there was a lot of people that came from that village that came here to work in the mines right and uh, several people were were making this product in their homes or restaurant or small store in all around Harrison and Marion County mm. and uh, he wanted to sort of take this thing to a, another level and with the experience he had uh, he had the know-how but he didn't have any money hmm. so that's how we came back to West Virginia from North Carolina which is where he was working for Heinz hmm. uh, from there um, my grandmother just uh, is the one that helped him helped him do the work and uh, used us kids as the labor and amongst other other family members cousins and so forth and uh, like you said, we did it. Uh, we did it there for four years, and and then he he purchased a uh, an older building in Clarksburg and bought some older equipment and uh, put it together and and made it a, a little bit more modernized, if you'd say. Um, and we did it there uh, from 1976 till 2011. Um, but of course, we added on, you know, every year something new—a piece of equipment or a little bit more space—which uh, yeah. made things a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. Um, and then, like you, like you had told the audience, we uh, we added the new new facility and tore down the old one in 2012, 11 and 12. Yeah, and um, and we still keep doing the same thing. We still keep adding on and uh, more equipment, uh, more space and uh keep trying to do it better uh and when i say better not uh not change mm -hmm. just better yeah yeah it, it's more efficient in other words yes it's still the it's still the same recipe i haven't yep. uh i haven't changed it one bit that's awesome from from what my grandmother started my dad didn't did not change it either now we've mm -hmm. obviously we've added uh several items and and uh if it fits in the if it fits in the line, then we continue to add yeah, and we're always yeah, working, absolutely. you know, always working on something new. Very good. Well, I, and I love that background and how you guys got started and it was started in your grandma's, kit, uh, you know, basement kitchen. Right. And, and I just think, yeah. that, I think that's awesome to where you are now and, and really in West Virginia and all over the, the region here, especially in the east, eastern part of the country, Oliverio is a uh, household name as it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to Italian style peppers. We're going to talk more about the products, but Mark, I'm really curious when, when you're out there talking to folks, what's your 30 second pitch? In other words, what is it you tell people that you do at Oliverio Italian style peppers? Well, it's funny you say because actually I just sort of consider myself a worker, <laughs> and uh, you know I I still I still get in there and make the product. Um, I have I've been making it myself since uh, 1978, and and mainly just because I I didn't want uh, I couldn't stand to watch my dad work so hard. Yeah, um, and then it just uh, I just kept doing it. I'm finally starting to to move away from that. But, but my pitch is, is that we still do it the same, same way. We were able to, to take this from a small pot and, and put it into larger quantities without changing the flavor or, or losing anything from it. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're, we're so, we're still, you know, we're small and what makes us different is we still, we're still hands on and we still touch every pepper by hand. Mm. 
and and that's what that's what makes us different. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the peppers. I mean, obviously everybody knows Oliverio's sweet peppers in sauce. I mean, that's with the yellow label, right? That's like the mm-hmm. go-to. That's my favorite. And we also uh, we also love the medium as well. But what talk a little bit about the, what what's the big seller in your company right now? What's the hot thing well, that people love? Well, I'll tell you this: that's the sweet is really the sweet medium both are are one two and yep. i don't know which which uh which one's one which one's two <laughs> um, but those are the I, two big ones they are when i got out of school uh my dad just had a medium hot and a red hot mm. so we just had the two and um so there's not a whole lot of difference between mm. the sweet and the medium uh in the medium um there's probably about um really only about five to ten percent of hot peppers okay. versus the sweets, just all sweet. Yep. And the main reason I added the sweet and the hot was to give some shelf presence. Yeah. That's and, great. um, he just, we just didn't have any shelf presence and it was too difficult to, um, persuade someone to give us more facings, uh, of an item in a, in a grocery store. So I, I just said, well, you know what, we'll just, we'll start out by adding the sweet and the hot, and there again, from just from there, we go, you know, maybe from two facings to four yeah. or four or four to eight, yeah. which yeah. which made a significant impression in shelf and, space. Yeah. When yeah. You're in the grocery and, store, all the areas, you just see them all over the place. Right. So that's that's the whole idea with that offering. So, so you guys do everything. I mean, you have a lot of traditional Italian offerings. So you have, you know, pizza sauce, spaghetti sauce. Uh, uh, I love the, and I don't even know how to pronounce it. My dad used to love these hot pepperoncinis, right? Uh, uh-huh. I, I love those things. Um, you have the mild rings, um, which are like uh, banana peppers in vinegar, I believe, right? Correct. Uh, those are awesome. Uh, so. How, I mean, I guess the, the, the question I have, first of all, is how do you, you know, how do you expand that? I mean, you guys have all these cool things that are all kind of in the Italian uh, foods category. How do you, how do you keep out, uh, you know, open for new ideas uh, for well, that kind of thing? I think, I think most of the time it happens uh, when I'm sleeping. I just, it, it, you sort of dream about, oh, awesome. and you wake up in the morning and you're just like, this fits. And, and I've wanted to do, uh, more things that, that came from our, our grocery store. My, Mm. my grandparents, my grandfather opened a grocery store in the early 1900s in Clarksburg. And, and then my grandmother came over, uh, in the late twenties and she, she's the one that really pushed that grocery store to, to maximize it. And it was mainly from, uh, making products. And so she was making sausage and doing olives and obviously the peppers; those were her main th- three things. So, I've always wanted to to continue with her sausage, and we're actually coming back out with that uh, hopefully by uh, April. Very and, cool. And uh, the thing that's always held me back was the packaging. Yeah. And now, now that uh, you know, I think we've got it right. We'll 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 do it again. Yeah. And uh, it just. Uh, it just fits in the line, yeah. You know, absolutely. And, 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 and and that's how we did the spaghetti sauce, pizza sauce, and so forth. This is they fell in the line, fell in the category. And, yeah, you don't want to have you don't want to have your your category or your brand uh, diluted too much, right? So you got to keep in in that vein. I got a I got a question that just popped up on Facebook Live. It says, uh, "This is from John Carter." He says, "Are you going to start making f- fried hot peppers in oil?" 
I am not. And, and, and I, I would love to. Um, we That's what we eat at home most of the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I just um, too afraid of uh, hurting someone. Um, ma- mainly, you you couldn't put that item out there without putting a lot of preservatives in it. Yes. Yeah. And when you put and when you start putting the uh, all the different uh, citric acids and so forth, it, it it gives it an aftertaste. Yep. And it also gives it a uh, a milky uh, coloring. Yep. And so I just chose, I just chose not to do it. Uh, We make them for our home, home, our home use and we fry them. I mean, I did last night. I fried them (laughs) and and, uh, for my wife, my wife and myself and our family. And, um, and I would love to, because that's my favorite. But yeah, well, that gives that gives a good explanation as to you know the, to you know the 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 reason you don't right. So I, I love that. That's 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 awesome, Mark. What would you say is the the thing you're most excited about for Oliverio Italian style peppers right now? Well, right now, one of the things that excites me is that I uh, I see it going a little longer than I thought. I didn't know how much longer I would, uh, continue to do this and I still don't know. Um, but my son's taken a real, a real interest in it. And since the, uh, COVID started, he's been working here full time and he's, he's learning from the bottom up. And like I tell him, you just, there's just no way to, no way to have a business unless you, unless you know how to do every little thing. And, and he's, he's, he's willing to do that. Yeah. So, so I sort of like that. And, yeah. uh, uh, and having a succession plan basically. Yeah. And it gives me a little bit more time to work on other things. You mm. know, it just takes so long to add a new item. Mm. Uh, pe- people just don't understand how long it takes you to, to just start getting nutritional values and making sure you do everything right. Making sure the FDA is, uh, is on board and so forth. Yeah. Just, and, I, and, and ultimately that's, that's a good thing, right? I mean, for, for, oh, for, for the safety of our food chain and all that absolutely. Kind of stuff, it's, it's, it's important. So that, what, you know, Mark, I, I kind of talked a little bit about the, the geographic reach in, uh, in broad terms, but tell us about like, where, where, where are the customers at right now? I mean, how are, how are you selling? Are you selling primarily to, you know, wholesale to grocery, uh, grocery stores and grocery uh, chains? Uh, are you selling direct to consumer through your website and e-commerce? Where's, where's your geographic market right now? Well, obviously West Virginia is our main market. Even though we sell way more product in Pennsylvania, um, I, I think that everybody in West Virginia knows Oliverio, or at least most. Yeah. And and uh, but we do sell more product in Pennsylvania than we do in West Virginia. Mm. But um, we sell more to the grocery stores. We don't really want to be a retail. We want to be the manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to do both, and it's hard to be good at both. And also, you really can't expect uh, the stores to be real happy with you if you're gonna if you're gonna. <laughs> Take their sales. They don't need to really need to carry your product if you're going to do it yourself. Yeah. Um, So, but what we've tried to do, I've done the best I can to try to put the Oliverio name out there. But the more you grow and the more employees you get, you have to have, you have to make sure that you're working every day. So, what we have done is find other strong names in other areas and get them to put their name on our product so we sell it to them with their name on it. Wow. 
And um, we go all the way from here to Boston through the north northeast. Um, so you can pr- pretty much find something that we made in just about every store so, all the way up so the northeast. What is, so for those f- folks who are not, um, you know, food manufacturing savvy, what is, is that called co-packing? Is that? What, yeah, yeah tell, we call it t- private label. Private label, yep. So so we do a lot of private label business. We, we have about six or seven companies right now that we private label for. And, um, and then we continue to work on, work with more and try to find the, the little niches of areas that we, we can't necessarily get into Hmm. because people don't know the name. Just for instance, for instance, Boston, no one in Boston's ever heard Oliverio, but we sell a lot of product up there Yeah, and and by putting a more common name on it. No kidding. How does that... I mean, as a as the company owner, you know, as the as the uh, somebody who's carrying on a tradition that your father started, uh, and your you know your your son is coming into the business now. How does that make you feel? You know, you're selling product but doesn't have your name on it. What's that like? Well, well I used I used to think I, I wanted I I really wanted Oliverio everywhere, and obviously you would. Yeah. But at the same at the same time, you have to do what's best for the company. And once you know, because the hardest thing is is, is not having enough employees. So mm-hmm. you have to keep them working 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. And and it's you've you've got so many. One thing about this business is is every day is either a high or a low. So, <laughs> so, so it, it's when you sell it, no matter what, you sell a lot. You feel good. The very next day, you want to do it again. And if and if if you're not there, then you're just you do nothing but figure out how you can. Right. So so you just try to keep that wheel rolling, and 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 do whatever you have to do. So it doesn't really bother me. And I actually I actually like it when I go somewhere else and I see a product that is selling a lot. That's our recipe. That yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't otherwise be there. Yeah. If we didn't do it. That's so and, cool. Yep. And, and and you know, there's just there's it's just like here. If we put if we put our name on ketchup, people would buy it because they they have confidence in it, yeah. and they have confidence in names in in every area. And That's we awesome. try to find the ones that are that are good and that people have the most confidence in. Mm. How many employees do you have, Mark? We have uh, about twenty six. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I'm having another question coming across Facebook. It says, how many jars do you move or sell each month or year? Um, that's a good question. We do um, we do write about, um, I want to say, 350,000, 400,000 jars. Um, that, that, that's, that's in a close number. But, but we also, you know, there's more to this business than just just jars and, yeah. and retail and stuff. We we do a lot of stuff in bulk, mm. um, and and we we do things that are um, like you're familiar with the olive bars, yeah, in in the grocery stores. Yep. I mean, we helped start that and help do the vegetables for that, and we do a lot of uh, things like that for other food service uh, outlets all over the country. That's very go, cool. So we we make stuff that goes from Chicago to uh, to Las Vegas in that in that arena. That's awesome. Well, I I, I, um, I want to ask you about your your food production line. Okay, so you're mm-hmm. you're in Clarksburg. Uh, 
how difficult is it to create something like that? Like, in other words, the the the, the machinery itself, the like whether it's called a canning line, or maybe you could talk us through a little bit about how how that process was setting up a you know a brand new facility with new equipment and modern you know labeling and all that. How walk us through that a little bit? Well, it it took it took some time, and it's mainly because of uh, setting up uh, the money setting up financing and so forth to do it and, sure. and to and to be willing to to go ahead and take that shot at it. But what I did was just um, I know the process that I want. And so I just envisioned it in my head and then I went to different shows that uh, equipment shows and that sell the equipment and I just sort of lined it all up in what I would look for one one, two, three pieces at a time. Then once I laid it out, after I laid it out in my head and then on paper, it probably was about four years before we ever actually pulled the trigger and built it. Um, so it, it, it's, just, it's just a matter of knowing the process. Once you know the process, then you, then you just want to get the flow. Yeah. And one, one thing we did do is we overbuilt, and, and I'm glad because um, I think as long as this thing – continues to go that no one would have to, uh, build another facility for, uh, for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, just true. like we did, did in the small facility that my dad built. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, what would you say is, you know, since, since you've been the owner in 2005 or so, what would you say is the best moment you've had in business? Um, <laughs> you know what there, the, I don't know that the, that you can say that there's one good one because we have a lot of good ones. And, you know, it's like when you pick up a, a chain, um, a new chain, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a pretty big moment. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't want to single out any certain chain because we, we, we do try to sell to everyone. Yeah. But every time that, every time I get a sale and it doesn't have to be a big one, a new one, that makes you feel good. When you get like like today, we just picked up a new distributor in Michigan, hmm. and they called us because they've been getting a lot of calls for our product. Oh wow, that's, that's very what, cool. That's what makes me feel good that someone calls and says, "Hey, we're getting a lot of we're getting stores that's asking awesome. for the product." Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, that brings me to a to a question we have off of Facebook here. It's more of a comment from Marie Mendez. She says, "I wish you guys were in Louisville." Kentucky area grocery stores. And then she goes on to say, it looks like she's going to have to order off the website again. <laughs> so that, there you go. There may be a new market for you. Well, I know. And we, and we have looked at that area and it's just, it's one thing about this business is it takes about 18 to 24 months to get a, to even get a new customer from the time you start speaking with them. Really? And, wow. um, Maybe we could get her to go to her local Kroger and ask for them because uh, they have the ability to get them and they have had them there before. Yeah. And that and, works, huh? The, yeah, yeah, like it, simply asking like the grocery store uh, management or whatever, right? Yeah, if they get enough calls and and uh, and we do do enough business with them in uh, in the Mid Atlantic uh, region and mm. in the Midwest that that they can move it there. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and and it and it will sell. Uh, that area. Very good. Very good. Um, 
I want to take a second just to mention the sponsors that we have for Positively West Virginia and this podcast, and they include Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. The support we receive from these West Virginia companies allow us to highlight the incredible things every week that are happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Our guest today, once again, is Mark Oliverio. We're enjoying his conversation. Uh, He's got a great story. He's the owner of Oliverio Italian-style peppers, the peppers uh, in the glass jars that we all have come to know and love here in West Virginia and around the country. They're based in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Mark, let's get back to it. What's the vision that you have? You kind of talked a little bit about it with your son uh, entering the business. What's the vision you have for Oliverio uh, long-term? Well, I, w- I mean, you know, I, I hope that no matter who has it, uh, him, myself, uh, or the the next people that you know that they they keep the name going. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons we've we've shot away from let letting a, a bigger company take it. Yeah, was uh, to 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 not lose the name, you know, and especially especially as long as my dad's alive, I want him to see it because uh, he he still we still talk every day, and he oh, still wow. asks me about every single thing I do. Every day. That's awesome. What, and, what does and, he think now? I mean, what does he think of the company that he started in the in the basement kitchen of his of his mother's he, home? He absolutely loves it. Yeah. I mean, it's his. It's his. It's still his baby, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, even and it's it's really weird that I've that I've been here that much longer than he was uh, because. But that's what brought he and I so close because uh, I've never worked anywhere else. Um, you know, I, I would help on an office, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, but pretty much do whatever I could do to get out of the work. But um, but once it was time to work, I, I've never done anything else. I've never worked anywhere else. And mm. and so I worked side by side with him for many, many years. And what a uh, privilege, it was, right? Yes. Yes. And it, and and so did, uh, you know, my brother and sister. Yeah. Um, they just they just. uh they're a little older, and they were they were able to retire and move on. And uh, I just I don't know that I ever see myself doing that though. Yeah, I, I hear you. It just sounds like it's literally in your blood, right? Uh, yeah, I, part, I, I think I would rather I think I would rather do it, and even if I didn't want to work, rather mm. do that and watch watch um, watch maybe my son do it and and just assist. Yeah, in, yeah. in later years. Yeah, that's that's very interesting, Mark. What's one of the biggest challenges you face in your company? Uh, the 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 biggest the probably the biggest challenge is is between the food safety mm-hmm. and in moving moving product on. And and when I say that, you know, to deal with any of these big companies, you you have to have um, you have to really assure them <laughs> that that you're doing the right thing. From a liability standpoint, mm. um, that's a really big challenge for everyone, and uh, we've overcome that. We've learned how to learned how to do it. Now it's a way of life, but then then to go and actually pick up, get get a a a nice larger chain to carry your product is very. It's the most. It's the hardest thing there is to do. Really, and you just you just have to be persistent. In in. Uh, it, it usually pays off. It sounds like you got to be patient as well. Yes, I mean, it, <laughs> it, you, it just takes so long to get a new customer because you got to think you got to. They've got to give you shelf space. 
Um, if they're already dealing with someone else, rather, you know, then they have to sell out of their product. There's just, it's, it's a it's a long thing to do. Mm. It, you talked about food safety. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I guess curious to know, like during the pandemic, was that uh, was that something you had to adapt and you know change your 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 protocols and that kind of thing? We a little bit, but it wasn't near as bad or hard as I I thought it was going to be. Um, we're fortunate enough that we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of area, we have a lot of square footage, mm-hmm. so um, not very often do our our workers have to be close to each other. Mm. Um, since most of it is automated, most of them are watching a piece of equipment, whether it be the labeler, mm-hmm. uh, filler, capper, you know, so they're, they're around and they're not that close to each other. Um, so we haven't had any issues with, with COVID. We've been real lucky and, um, we've got to work every day. All of our employees have got to work, work every day. And, um, but from a food state food safety standpoint is just so big uh, in the world and in this country now mm. to, you know, um, to make sure that you're doing everything right. Yeah. And once it becomes a way of life, it's just much easier. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been uh, a number of years ago, but traveled to India and was kind of amazed. They don't at the time, they didn't have uh, grocery stores like we, you know, you mentioned, you know, like a Kroger or a Giant Eagle or something like that. Um, they had these open air markets. And <laughs> I mean, I know, like I said, I don't I don't want to be stereotypical or anything, but the, the food safety protocols and the, the way that we handle uh, USDA licensing and everything in America is way different than a lot of a lot of parts of the world. Right. And I feel like we've we kind of take that for granted. So I appreciate you sharing a little bit of uh, light on that subject uh, with regard to, to food safety. Mark, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, you've got just a wealth of knowledge and expertise when it comes to, you know, not only um, building a company, um, uh, but really, you know, building a company that has a great reputation, uh, not only in West Virginia, but around the country. I, I, I got to ask you, what's, what's one thing that you would say to people? What's one piece of advice you would give to young entrepreneurs out there who are thinking, man, I, I would love to do something like Mark's doing. What's one piece of advice you would give them? You know, I would, I would tell someone to, to, to get all the knowledge they can get from, from anyone and everyone. Mm. And whenever I, I, I know several people that are, that are trying to do different things and, and I help them all the time. Mm. And I, I, I used to think, oh, if I got if I sold this business or something, I would just open up a consulting business mm-hmm. and, to help people. But quite frankly, if I did it now, I wouldn't even charge them because I love to I love to help them. And anybody else that's doing something or has they they like to help people because they want to see it. They want to see people succeed. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I like about it. And I've I've learned so much just from all my friends and people that I've come across and it's, it's every day. It's still every day that I, I, I feel like I have someone that gives me something that helped me. Yeah. And, and, and it's just amazing how many people do. That's awesome. That's great advice. And I, I often talk about the, the proximity 
principle. In other words, get around people who are actually doing it, right? And mm-hmm. you, can, you can learn from them. So that's kind of what you're talking about right there, too. And I, I love that. And I love your heart of, of helping, uh, helping folks uh, understand how to, how to do that. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, what's one thing that you do every day in your personal life that you think contributes to your success? Um, you know, I, I can't think, I can't think of one thing, but I, I just, I just try to do everything the right way, mm-hmm. you know, try not to cut the corners and, and, um, you know, I'm here early, I leave late and, uh, and I go home. It's, it's a shame with this pandemic, you can't do anything, but <laughs> you can't do anything, but so, yeah. um, there's not one single thing that, that stands out to me. Because everything I do has been a way of life. Hmm. Um, like I said, since I've never worked anywhere else, I mean, and, and sometimes we drive my wife crazy, but, you know, I, it's, it's what I talk about all the time. It's what I do all the time. Yeah. And, and uh, it was worse when, <laughs> when my dad was in it. And, and when I do see him, that's all we talk about. So, yep, yep. It's, it, it's, it never stops. Well, it's it's like you said, it's your dad's baby, but it's your baby too, right? I mean, yes. I mean, that, that's it, it's what you do. It's your it's your way of life, right? I I got to ask you as I'm thinking about um, Oliverio's peppers and how we like to use them as you know to like augment dishes and things like that. What's your favorite way to use Oliverio's peppers? You you personally? Me personally, I usually. Um, put them in a sandwich on any kind of sandwich. I really like them on grilled cheese. Yeah. Um, so during Lent, I tend to eat a lot of grilled cheese with, with peppers. Um, you know, I find myself where I fry, fry more peppers than I do sauce, but you know, I, I put them on a, you know, a pepperoni roll, uh, any kind of sandwich. Um, but I throw it in a lot of things and I like it on the sausage. Yeah. So it all it all seems to fall back to a sandwich, though. <laughs> That's great. What's uh, what's one resource that you use in your business that you just can't live without? Maybe it's a piece of software or technology or something like that. Um, I'm not the most uh, savvy with tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I don't have anything in particular. I feel like I'm. It's just going on all day. And, and I'll do shows, you know, go to shows. If I, if I don't know go. how to do something, now I, I will go, I do a lot of Googling, yep. but, um, to find something I can't find, but if I want to find out an easier way or a uh, way to do more, then I wait for an equipment show Awesome. And, and go and try to go find something. Are those coming back, uh, this year, do you think? Uh, no, not, well, maybe the latter part of the year. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But, I, I, I talked to a lot of people who, you know, they, they really not necessarily rely on trade shows, but they, they need trade shows in their, in their way, you know, in their work. Uh, and a lot of those obviously were, were canceled last year. I'm anxious to see, uh, what's going to happen as, as the, as the vaccine rolls out and herd immunity picks up and, and we start uncovering this thing. So I was just curious about that. Uh, what's one book, Mark, uh, or p- even a podcast that you'd recommend for aspiring business people or, entre- or <laughs> I entrepreneurs? Knew were, I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> and, and I, I cannot give one. I, 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 I don't think you find it in a book. Yeah. That's good. I don't. That's good. I, yeah. I don't think you're going to find find your answers in a book. You know, there's the the when when not, when I thought about that, the first book I ever thought about the most 
the person that I always go back to is Lee Iacocca. Um, just because I was always fascinated yeah. how he was able to, to, to jump from one company to another and take them out of bankruptcy and, and make them wonderful. And, uh, but I, I just don't think that they're to, to go run a business. You're going to learn it in a book. Yeah. You might get inspired by, by people. And I get inspired by a lot of people, but I think I get more inspired by the people that I see day to day. Mm. And, and, and there's a lot of people in West Virginia that people don't realize how successful they are and, and how hard they work. Yeah. And, absolutely. and I love that. The, uh, the, uh, auto autobiography by Leah Iacocca was a good read. Now it came out. Oh my gosh. I know it's been a long time. Pro- ago. Probably 10, 10 shoot longer than probably, that. Probably 20 years ago. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Every bit or so. Every but, bit. Uh, but anyhow, it, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. And, and, and I agree with you, you know, just that, uh, surrounding yourself with good people, uh, networking and not being afraid to ask for some advice from some folks that are actually getting it done. You know, yeah, that, in the entrepreneur world, I don't know if you've come across this, but most of the entrepreneurs that I talk to and business owners I talk to, they, there's a lot of naysayers out there that are, you know, definitely will uh, want to chop you down, but there's just as many people that are wanting to see you succeed. And those are the people you got to surround yourself with for, that, for sure. That is so true. That is so true. And you, and you tend to, you tend to be around the positive people. Mm. Yeah, and no and that's doubt. what you want to do. You exactly. just want to be around positive people. It makes it a lot easier because it's easy for someone to tell you you can't do it. There's a um, there's a, a one of the comments here on Facebook says that uh, a lady writes in. She says, "When I first open a jar, I will eat half the jar by themselves." <laughs> so right out of the right out of the jar. That's awesome. I oh. get a lot of people say that, I mean, and, it, <laughs> and 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 I. I tell you, I don't eat them that much, and I guess it's because I'm around them. But it's amazing. My kids have two, two of my my two daughters have moved away, and now they don't ever say send me send me the peppers and sauce, but they they say can you send me pepper rings or jalapenos, yeah, uh, yeah. stuff like that, and it, and uh, things I don't really think of. Yeah, and that's good. And I never ate a jalapeno until I started making them, and then I was like, oh, they're pretty good. I was just always thinking they're too hot. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you, uh, if you know, if you eat them the way that you guys make them, they're very, they're delicious uh, as opposed to just, you know, cutting them and just trying to be, eat them raw or whatever. I mean, they're not that they're bad, but you know what I mean? Uh, takes the heat out a little bit. Yeah. It takes the heat out. Exactly. Tempers them a little bit. So, um, Mark, you know, we've covered a lot in this interview and I, I just love the story of Oliveria. It's kind of, it's been great just getting to talk to you and uh, getting a sense of your heart and where you're at with the company and, and you know, your passion for it. Uh, is there anything else that you would like uh, our audience to know about your story or Oliverio's, uh, style, Oliverio Italian style peppers? Well, you know, the biggest thing I say is what we want is quality mm-hmm. and the one thing that we're not going to stop doing especially as long as i own the company we the only thing we do by hand is we touch every pepper so we see it with our eyes and we take the stems off the banana peppers and we take the cores out of the bell peppers by hand wow. and we'll continue to do that so that you know so that the product holds the integrity that we that we hope for that we would do at our home so we just want people at home to get the same is what we want at home. So we'll continue to do that and hope that they continue to support us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's awesome. And, I, and, I, and, it, and that 
that quality commitment is a testament to the longevity of the brand. And I think that's that's fantastic. Mark, uh, as we wrap up our time here today, how can our listeners learn more about Oliverio Italian style peppers and even maybe even get in uh, contact with you personally? Well, they, they can obviously go to our website, which is just go www.oliverio.com and you can, it'll, it'll come up and they can learn a lot about us and see what other people are saying and anything that you can't find mm-hmm. in a grocery store, we can get it. We can get it to you. We have UPS picking up every day. Awesome. Um, they can just order right off the website if they if they wanted to as well. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll make sure we have links to all that in the show notes section on social media. Uh, we'll even have links to your social media uh, platforms too. I, I know you guys are on Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter and, and Instagram, so we'll make sure we have links to all that stuff as well. Mark, I can just say it's been a real honor to have you on the show today. I think uh, what you do with your company and keeping that tradition alive and well uh, uh, and bringing great food to America is awesome. And I just want to encourage you to keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Jim. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies, and more importantly, people that are doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like Mark Oliverio and his company, Oliverio Italian Style Peppers Incorporated in Clarksburg, West Virginia, Harrison County. Our hope is that we in some way equipped you and inspired you with this business story. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the on the show, drop us a line on our uh, website, PositivelyWV.com. And of course, we appreciate your comments, uh, your uh, reviews on iTunes and sharing these stories on your social media channels as well. And be sure to check out our weekly show to help small business owners and small business leaders. It's called the Positively West Virginia Small Business Mastermind every Friday from 11 to noon live on Facebook on the Positively West Virginia Facebook Facebook page. We bring you a panel of business experts from around the state each week to help small business leaders and small business owners win. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Learn more about our mission of advancing small businesses and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia, but test negative.